Hey guys, welcome to the Naked Podcast. Uh, we're doing things a little differently this episode, only due to the political climate that is going on currently in the United States. And, well, we feel that it'd be a little rude, especially covering the topics that we are today, to try to to try and make it normal, because it's not. But <clears throat> we are the Naked Podcast. It's your DM Tech Guy, Alan. It's your boy, Ethan. Hashtag justice for George Floyd. It's Norma. I'm Keelan. So, let's start it off on that. What do you consider justice to be? I not only want to see the cop that murdered him to be sentenced and charged and go to jail, but I also want justice in terms of police reform. And I know that's not a change that can happen overnight, but... I do know that, you know, we need we need to enact a change and we need to enact it in a way that we channel our anger into a way that is beneficial for all. Because currently, you know, there's just so much anger, anger, so much hatred, and it's not doing anything except spreading that hatred. So we need to channel it into productive means to for reform. Police need to be held accountable for their actions. You know, the fact that he was, you know, taken in and charged that's great that doesn't happen all the time Mm -hmm. like this video actually he was the first one in minnesota history to be charged in that really for doing that yeah yeah they i I saw that today that he was the first one to be considered or charged for third degree murder in minneapolis or minnesota history i didn't know that well see that just makes it even that much more prevalent for us to you know have reform you know yes that he was held he is being held accountable to a certain degree but had he had been it had that video not gone viral had he been if that girl didn't record it the police lied almost every step of the way until they showed video of them arresting him putting him in the car taking him out of the car and than the video, the most viral video. Even the supplementary videos just showed George Floyd complying with police. The United States isn't a police state. It shouldn't be. The fact that you know the president is calling all the protesters thugs is just ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't I don't like that statement for the reason that I don't think the president was calling all the protesters thugs. I think we all know who he was calling the thugs because those are the same people that I'm calling thugs. The guys that are going into small businesses, raiding them, trashing them, beating people that are defending their business. Go burn police cars. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get in your way. Go sit in city hall, go block the whole entrance. But don't be going into a small business of yeah. or an old lady and an old man and I agree. beat the crap out of them because you want their stuff. That you're nothing but a thug at that point. You're just enacting chaos for the sake of anarchy and that does not help your community. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. You know, I think what really I am not surprised but also disappointed into the president is that 
it's he's shown a dramatic lack of leadership without direction like i feel like the hostility that he has portrayed like is just to an extent but at the same time like we are looking towards a leader you know to lead us and obama actually came out with a statement saying like listen like the peaceful protests are great you know but the the looting, the rioting is not okay. You don't hurt your neighbor. Here are links to help you. And he had given like a really great statement about what to do and how to do it and come together in a call for peace, which I haven't seen that from Trump. I've heard if they loot, they, we shoot, you know, and I don't think that's okay either. Yeah. And that statement right there was actually flagged by Twitter because it actually refers to the early 1990 and 1960 protests actually, in LA. Actually, no, it's it refers to it was a quote from a sheriff during the 1960s in the civil rights yeah, era, and it that. was when they start looting, <clears throat> we start shooting. That was what he was quoted as. You yeah. know, I think it's really sad that these businesses are being impacted and destroyed but i also think it's sadder that you know a whole community in even if i'm not black and we are we're not none of us are black but we are all impacted too by this Mm -hmm. but none of us are going to go riot or take advantage of it because not all the protesters are rioting and looting and you think that just takes away from the narrative but what what's going on is a small group of people maybe antifa like most likely antifa you know or maybe antagonizing and agitating other protesters and engaging in fights these people are riled up mm-hmm. i've seen countless videos of people trying to stop you know the violence or you know try to talk to people and I it's saw usually video... the black lives matter people that are trying to stop it yeah. exactly and it's I always saw... some white guy in all black which is antifa's you know call sign signature mm-hmm. yeah well, I, I saw a video of this uh, this black man. He was he was talking to an older man, and he was saying, like, this is not the way. You laying down your life right now, you know, to go loot, to go antagonize these police is not the way. You know, I am – how old are you? Okay, well, I'm this, I'm this old, and, you know, I'm still angry. But what you're showing our kids, and he pulled this, like, 16-year-old. He pulled his son. Yeah, yeah, he pulled his son, and he says, he's like, whenever, in 10 years, if we're still in this place, I want you to be where I'm standing and telling people to come from a place of peace. And that's how you get change. And I'm like, fuck yes. Fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way that you do it. And it sucks. Like, I told you guys yesterday, it sucks as a minority where you have you feel so much anger and you feel so much passion and you have to check yourself and say you know what no this isn't the right way to do things like we have to fight from within and change the system for the better because doing these other means of violence just takes away from your cause and your message gets lost yeah yeah and not not to condone anything but i was thinking about this a little today and why is it so hard for younger white people or what why why do people always say white people have an issue i guess identifying or understanding <clears throat> and i was thinking about it and i was like i i think white people understand the issues a lot better than they're given credit for but you know i just sometimes like for me personally i never got any kind of school scholarships or help or 
so think about it. starting in high school. I never get assisted lunch. I always had to pay out of pocket for everything. I've always, I don't know, it, it's always felt like for me, I've had to do a little bit more. Just, I never got the help like that. And then you, you saw people abuse that in like high school and now after high school. You know, when you I tried to apply for colleges, there's no, I guess, there's no program for the betterment of the white, you know, youth. It's just kind of like, hey, get out there. But it's, and it's like, you're not even being racist, but you're just like, maybe I want to help my community a little bit. And you're automatically tagged racist to, to do that. It's like, I'm not, I don't have any issue with these other people at all. It's just... You know, I see what they're doing to help their community. Maybe I want to do that for my community. And so I guess I guess that just makes a very polarizing mindset, if that makes any I sense. Have, I would have to tell you, Ethan, like if we have had this conversation even two years ago, I probably would have gone completely insane over what you just said because <laughs> I feel like, well, yeah, like, you know, white people have had advantage all these years. So why can't people of color have the little advantage that they have? But now, like thinking just objectively and thinking with 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 just perspective, I see what you're saying because you should be able to embrace your culture and your heritage the same as we can. You know, we can say, yeah, brown love brown pride you know black love black pride you know but you can't say it on your side and it feels like a double standard now i think like now that we are trying to come to some even ground when it comes to the topic of race and you're right a lot of white people like I, that i know and that i've talked to have been completely for the cause and standing up for what's right i've know people that have gone to protests i've know people that have you know activated a you know social call on their social media and have told people listen like i'm not going to stand for this so i feel like we're we're at the point where we have the ability to see each other on the same plane for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we continue on that trajectory. I just, we need the reform and we need the change. So thinking about on this reform, what would have to come with reform? Because I know it sounds very, I guess I'm trying to put it in a very even perspective tone like this is just from an outsider looking in yeah non-objective if you want one side to reform then we're gonna have to reform other side the other side on certain items too so coming back to you know the little advantages it you can't be on an even playing field if one person has advantages either way so then are we gonna have to come to a point where nobody has the advantage on anything would that be true equality? Well, I think people need to understand, like, what 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 is equality? Is it, you know, boosting up people that are disadvantaged and boosting them higher than people who may not have had the same struggles? Or what is what does that look like? And I think, you know, when people think about equality, you're like, oh, I just want things handed to me. It's like, no, like, it, that's not how it works. You have to work for things and you have to go and... I don't know, just just do your part. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that, and I love that mentality, and I think it's great. I just don't think it's realistic because when you look at numbers, the majority of people who live in poverty are people of color. 
And yeah. the the gap between poverty and the people who are a little bit more wealthier is huge. So people of color you usually have a disadvantage when it comes to their things. So is this a race issue at all or is it a poverty issue? I think it's that, both. that's a good question right there. I think it has that's to a be good both. way to look at it, yeah. Well, I think to say on what you were asking about with the equality is, and how do you hand that out? I think a lot of that is going to have to do with compassion um, and empathy because you have to understand where somebody's coming from. It's like the, the meme or the cartoon of the three boys standing behind Mm -hmm. a fence and Mm -hmm. they're all trying to look at the baseball game. If you give each boy a box, only two of them can see over the fence and the shortest one can't. Um, and in the end, in order for all of them to see and for and for them to be equal was for the first boy to not have any box, the second boy to have one box, and the third boy to have two boxes. Um, but then they added another panel where they just took away the, fence. the wooden fence and they put in a chain link where they could all see through it. So instead of, yeah, you could take away all of the advantages and then you just have to build a different kind of fence that gives everybody a better playing ground yeah um i i guess that's i just when i think about it and you know everybody says i want justice and reform it's like okay well what are the pros and cons of reform and what is that reform actually going to look like we got to move past the i want it phase and start moving into realistic like this is what we think or the action phase yeah yeah and a lot of that action phase, especially in poverty, is going to be with um, the social, um, what am I thinking of? People on WIC, people on food stamps, social people welfare. who are looking at so, yeah, welfare. welfare. The welfare, the they, welfare state. You know, they're, they're trying to help people who can't find a job or have a hard time finding a job because there's not education. Well, the kids that they're bringing up through schools, they have the scholarships for the disadvantaged, the youth, the urban whatever um no and i i told can't figure out what i'm trying to say yeah well i get what you're saying but uh, so what i'm saying is non-objectively looking at that is that true equality like for you to have the you can't you can't complain about white privilege when you have your own privileges that you're not willing to give up Mm -hmm. that's a good point and you know what? Something I said earlier is I said it was an issue with both race and 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 financial status. I now that I think about it a little bit more, maybe it it isn't so much a financial status issue, but it it is the whole like just race issue because I mean there are families who are better off and they've busted their ass to be better off, and that's understandable, you know. Go you. Way to go to actually take advantage of, of capitalistic ideals and to actually make your own worth. But for for everyone else, I mean, you have to bust ass. Well, I know as a, so, as a, as a Mexican-American woman, I've had to prove myself more so. More so because I'm a woman more than I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. But... In the workplace, in school, I've had to push myself harder. And, you know, I always refer back to Selena. Like, you know, the movie <laughs> where her dad says, like, you have to be more uh, Mexicans. Selena. Yeah, exactly. You have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more Americans than Americans. And it's exhausting. And that's so true. It's so true. But at the end of the day, 
we're all Americans. Like, no matter what path in life has brought us here, we're Americans, and we need to come together as Americans to get it done. And I see what you're saying, Ethan, about, you know, evening, evening the playing field. But when you talk about the disadvantaged people, underserved communities, the poverty line, it's like, what what can we do? Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I really, I don't. And I think that's what we're all looking for. We're all looking for, for the next Martin Luther King Jr. We're all looking for the next Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. So that's, yeah. that's what I thought about. So if you think about it, Cesar Chavez, let, mm-hmm. let's talk about him and his role. What, what, what role did he fill? He was a community leader mm-hmm. and he led his community to a better place. I don't think we're, we're, even though we're so interconnected now, there's no way a governor or, you know, something like that can affect the change on the local level. Yeah. And I think that's some of where we really need to start paying more attention to our mayors and city council. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And realize, yeah, the president is responsible for certain things, but really... Our mayor and city council are the ones that are making the decisions that affect our weekly life, you know? Daily life. Well, and I yeah. think, and that's exactly what Obama said in his statement, too, mm-hmm. is that he had said, you know, I've heard people saying, like, you know, regardless of the candidate that's chosen for the DNC, which we know the assumptive candidate is Biden yeah. or President Trump, you know, they feel without hope, so they're just not going to vote. And he says, I couldn't disagree with that more. The most effective change that you can make is at the local level. So your mayor, your councilman, you know, people who are represent you in Congress because they represent your interests. And how many people, if you pull to 100 of them, how many of them would know who their council, council person is? How many people would know who their congressman is? How many would know who their senator is? I can say, you know, I've lived in my district for five years owning a house. And to think about it, it was like I had to go look up who my councilman was just to complain about him passing that stupid uh, hate speech law here in San Antonio. Oh, the Chick-fil-A thing? No, no. He was a few weeks ago. It was all they unanimously voted to pass that if you say Chinese flu or Hong flu. That that's hate speech and you know it, it was like i had to go look him up just to complain about him passing speech laws <coughs> and now i know who not to vote for <laughs> <laughs> don't we have a female no we have a, a old guy he's like clayton something I mean, it's clayton something i forgot his last name you must be thinking about our old mayor ivy taylor she's the worst mayor ever i know oh, i fucking God. hate that bitch ivy taylor if you're listening to we all but, hated you yeah. You're the worst. But even coming back to, you know, thinking about comparing local. So, like, Chicago, what their mayor did this week, where mm-hmm. she's a, she went on national news and said, F Trump, you know, or F you to Trump. It's like, your your city, it, you, why are you blaming him for what's going on in your city, though? You're the one there. Yeah, what is... Like, take some responsibility. What does Trump have anything to do with what your police officers are doing? Nothing. Yes, exactly. Like, if the MPs were out and doing some shit, hell yeah, let's go march and burn down the White House. But at this point, it's like, I have my own issues with SAPD. (laughs) And, like, SAP, they write our laws here in San Antonio, where SAPD is exempt from most of them. People going to Trump for their local police are the Karens asking for the manager. Exactly. 
No, they're the ones calling for the. They're the ones calling the district manager. I need to talk to the owner of your business. Yeah, like I if I don't talk owner. to the owner of Walmart right now. <laughs> I I think that a lot of people are at the point where they want to blame somebody, and I think that overall the hostility that Trump displays. I mean, this, even in his tweets, you can just feel the venom. I think that they think that he enacts people to act a certain way, mm-hmm. but ultimately this is a people problem. You know, this is a police problem. This is an internal yeah. problem. This is a culture problem. I mean, think it is about because it. it is because the community has disengaged from their local politics for so long that this has been allowed to happen yeah. but i mean if you think about it there have been dirty cops ranging mm-hmm. to the 50s the 20s the yeah. however long we've had cops i think i think moving forward if we start focusing locally in in our community like you know stop giving trump all this airtime and free advertisement and just focus on what's going on here what our mayor is doing what are uh judges doing county judges doing you know yeah and if we build a better community here it can only grow and spread absolutely and, yeah and the biggest problem with that is the media i mean every 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 freaking media channel has only been focusing on what trump is doing instead of what's happening locally yeah. and that's my biggest gripe or lack of what he's doing yeah and that's my biggest it just feels like he media. has everyone mind controlled it's weird honestly the only good thing that the media has you know properly reported on is the fact that twitter is starting to flag trump's tweets <laughs> great segue thank you <laughs> <laughs> we're a little over time yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's okay so uh ethan what do you have to say about this? Because I know you have a very contrasting opinion from mine. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that I... So, I can't say anything on the government or anything. All I can say is on my own personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have a right to silence anybody. We do have a right to not care what the fuck you're saying. That is very well put. I don't think I can say that better. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think that people need to be held accountable to tell the truth. And mm-hmm. I think, yes, we are adults. We should be able to find the truth. But how can you find the truth when we live in the world where the media just blows one thing way out of proportion than it needs to be? Number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, regardless of who's tweet it is present or not if it's factually inaccurate it's factually inaccurate that's not stifling a speech it's wrong and i feel like you know we look to these leaders right we need to help hold them accountable mm-hmm. no matter what side of you know the party that they're on if they're democrats republicans liberals whatever if they're saying something that's wrong, they need to be held accountable. Now, do I think that the social media group should use that and try to push their own agenda with certain news groups? No. Do I think the government should control it? No, definitely not. The government's not going to fucking control my voice. But I do think that they need to be held accountable. And I do think that the flagging isn't a bad issue if it's executed properly. And yes, that's the problem. 
Twitter executed it horribly because they linked it to CNN and the Washington Post, which are two very non-factual organizations. They're very opinionated organizations currently. Well, it doesn't matter whether they're opinionated or not, as long as the information that they're pointing to is correct. And the information... But it wasn't. It was their opinion. The information that... You had Trump's opinion directed to CNN's opinion, which is totally fine, but you can't call that a fact check. You can't you can't direct it to an opinionated person and then call that a fact check. You know, you're now if Twitter said, "Here, now here's the other side" or something mm-hmm. like that, I would have been okay with it. But the way they did it, no, it was just the wrong way. I can see that like another viewpoint and mm-hmm. then have you know, a link or something to... Yeah, but calling it a... Fa- God damn, that thing just hates us. But calling it a fact <laughs> check... Is- and then not even giving it an authoritative source. It's just CNN, Washington Post. I mean, okay, okay. So so maybe you guys have a point. Maybe, you know, pointing to CNN and Washington Post is a bad thing. What if instead of pointing to other news organizations, they pointed to, you know, an official U.S. government website where it has all the factual details about mail like DOJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm totally for. There you I'm, go. I'm totally. It's like I'm just not going to let Twitter set the standard of truth, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And that, that's fair. That's completely fair, especially when news organizations like CNN are typically liberal and they're wrong and they don't ever issue an indictment like the Covington kids. You know, we talked about the, the them a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So the Covington kids, Washington, D.C., got involved in a protest that they weren't even involved in and it became the sensationalized headline that wasn't even true. CNN, by the way, settled a lawsuit for $2 million with the kid and never issued a redactment. That's wrong. And so CNN does items like that all the time where they run a story, they get their clicks, they get their views, then they run a redaction or a correction later on, get the clicks, get the views, they cashed in twice, they don't care. And they're not held accountable for that. And I think that's where we kind of need to bring back the Fairness Doctrine. It's a uh, bill that was introduced back in 1949 to force news organizations to actually report on both sides of a story. That, that's something that the news hasn't done since the 60s, since it was uh, revoked by President Reagan. And yeah, so I was going to say that was Reagan in like, <coughs> 84, right? Uh was it 80s? I thought it was 60s. Or 83. Yeah, it was yeah, It was right it was around the, the time, like right before the 24 news hour cycle, or mm-hmm. the 24 hour news cycle started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, so reading on what Trump's executive order was towards it, I actually really didn't disagree with some of the items he had in there because it was more like, can we get a clarification on Section 230 written by the FCC? So that we know, because it feels like 230 has already been bent so much that it's broken now. And can, can you, back it up for a second, can you tell us what 230 is? So section 230 was actually came out of a lawsuit that happened in the early 90s, which said when tech companies started first publishing things online, that they it the lawsuit was that one, this company had users and they posted some stuff well people tried to sue the company for whatever the people posted 
And so the judge said, as long as you don't edit what the people posted, you just host what they posted, then you're not liable for it. But then later on, when they tried to moderate the content that was going onto their website, it was ruled that you are liable for that. So then out of that, they wrote Section 230 to help tech companies from being liable for every single thing that their users post. Now, if the FCC were to actually go in and revamp Section 230, I would not trust them because of Angie Pai. That guy, oh, yeah, guy. fuck that dude. I think there's enough, eye, though, when they're doing it right now, I think there's enough eyes on them mm-hmm. and there's enough people invested into it that they're not just going to be able to slide some stuff through. I think this is a big enough issue that tech companies are going to have a team of lawyers and government's going to have a team of lawyers and they're actually going to sit down and go through and settle it. I think too, this might relieve a, like just playing devil's advocate, mm-hmm. you know, it's really fast. Just playing devil's advocate and saying, I think it would be good in the long run because you have platforms like YouTube and Twitter and Facebook that are under constant scrutiny all the time about misinformation being spread. Could this be a way to, um, I guess, limit that or would it make it worse? I think it would make it worse because if Section 230 eliminates for social media platforms to truly moderate what's being posted, then and I don't I don't mean moderate as in control what's being posted. I mean, moderate as in, you know, add flags, whether it's not safe for work, age appropriate, what have you. It's going to eliminate all of that. It's going to make it extremely difficult even just to find anything or to use any sort of social media. And even with the multiple eyes on Section 230 and on social media platforms, I, I don't think that it would be handled correctly because social media platforms are going to try to push what benefits them. I mean, look at net neutrality. Net neutrality had a lot of eyes on it. And Obama pushed it through only to have Angie Pie completely remove it. Fuck Angie Pie. Yeah. Yeah, but so thinking on the whole thing, what you were saying is so when companies when the lawsuit was talking they were when I was researching on the lawsuit, they said so companies got a, when they said they were modding the content on their website, mm-hmm. then they became liable. Well, they got around that by coming up with a terms of service. Mm-hmm. So as long as they set a terms of service and then you agree to it, then they're not liable anymore. So that was a loophole that they set up. And I think companies, especially like YouTube, have exploited that loophole so much. And now they're abusing that loophole. Mm-hmm. So we need to find a way to close that loophole and establish more of a Internet Bill of Rights or something to start protecting people online. I definitely think that protection of free speech is important. Mm -hmm. It's at a core American value. You know, it's something that is literally in our Constitution, in our own Bill of Rights. But when that speech incites hate, when that speech incites violence, when that speech incites misinformation, I there has to be a penalty for that. Yeah. I agree with that. And there and 
that we are, should have laws on the book for that already. Like we have doxing laws. Well, do we need to look at those and expand that a little better and make it more detailed? Mm -hmm. We have libel laws. Do we need to look at that and maybe determine and set the rules a little clearer for everybody? Wait, we have doxing laws? I thought we had revenge porn laws. <laughs> it's along the same lines. Okay. So you can't legally dox somebody. Like, I can't go on Twitter and tweet out Alan's, you know, home address and say, hey, send him a bunch of dicks in the mail or something, okay? <laughs> I th- or I can th- I? I think, no, I, I, think that's, I think that's in the terms of service. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to read 7,000 pages to get to it. Figure yeah. out legalese on the, your own. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, so YouTube, there is no possible way i'm ever gonna read the terms of service of youtube i'm not gonna go hire a lawyer and pay 10 grand to learn the terms of service of youtube so there's something we need something in between that it's like when uh the iphone put youtube's album on everybody's iphone oh my god everybody's like that (laughs) (laughs) everybody was pissed and it's not Apple's fault that you had all your music automatically downloading to your iPhone. YouTube gave you a free album, and your settings allowed for. I don't Apple care. To be downloaded That's to totally cool. But you send me an email. No, it just showed up. It wasn't. It didn't download though. Like for me, I had to go like manually download it in. But it just but, was there. But that was yeah, Apple's you, reasoning, is what he's saying. Like yeah. Apple's reasoning was like, well, mm-hmm. you accepted these terms in our TOS. Mm-hmm. You had the setting, and that's why on. I don't have an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> well, there has been like I've seen a couple of videos with Alan talking about terms of service, whether it's YouTube or Apple, etc. And it's they say like it literally will take you like how many years to read through it? Like, like two years to read yeah. through the terms of service that they change every year, they, sometimes twice. Yeah, like Twitter has changed its terms of service six times. YouTube, I think, has changed it about seven. I, I, I don't know the real number for, for YouTube as to how many times they change it, but there's no limitation as to how often they can change it, and there's no limitation on what they can change. What I do know is that certain posts are grandfathered in if they're old enough, but most of the stuff, you know, after a certain amount of time, will have to be updated to the new one. So let's say that Twitter updates its terms of service tomorrow and you don't log in for, like, a while all your old posts are grandfathered in because you have not agreed to the new terms of service. I don't mind them changing or updating, doing whatever they want. I just think that they should only be able to do it like once a year or twice a year. And they have to lay it out exactly what they're changing and make sure that there's a notification that everybody has to read. Like when the iPhone has a new update, it gives you, you know, a list of everything that it's going to update, everything that's (laughs) going to do. Yeah. And I mean, you're not even going to read it. You're going to update it anyways. But at least they can say, we gave you something to read. Yeah. I just don't, I'm not comfortable with them having that out. Like, I don't like YouTube or Twitter having that out. Well, we updated our terms of service last month, so you're off our platform forever. Well, that's also why they have the whole strike thing like YouTube does. You know, after a certain amount of strikes against your But how channel, how bad out. is that being abused currently, oh, you know? So fucking much. Especially by streamers. Streamers from Twitch. Ugh. Who cares about those Twitch thoughts? 
<laughs> careful, careful. They, 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 they might strike us down. <laughs> Who cares about those they, Twitch dots? They can bring it. We're not monetized. They can kiss yeah. my ass. <laughs> you hear that? Kiss Ethan's ass. At 1234 1st Street. I mean, good, good for you, girl. Like, using your feminine wiles to promote your channel. Like, no one's hating you on for that. But at the same token, like, be considerate in your speech to other people. Because yeah. they can be real bitches. Yeah. Like that one that uh, completely like striked PewDiePie's channel a few years ago. I forgot what her name was. I mean, at the end of the day, like I feel like people put so much value into these streamers, but they're just regular fucking people, and who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. Like that's my opinion. But I didn't. I don't really watch YouTube all that much. Like I don't have a dedicated person that I watch all the time. I mean, small streamers are great. Like don't get me wrong. I support the streaming community for what it is. But at the same time, these people are not the end all be all. They're regular fucking people. Like mm-hmm. why are we putting them on a pedestal? Like these, you know, Twitch users like Alinity or Dear Lady. Like who cares? Like if you don't like their content, just keep it fucking moving. At the end of the day. I can agree I with guess that. some people, I, I can see where some people, because I know I rate, I get it, I have an issue with it sometimes, seeing the graphicness of them with their access to younger men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying too. Like, I think that these channels are not moderated to a point where we can say, oh, this is a 18 and up channel or whatever the case may be, because it's not Pornhub, you know, like... Alan and I were talking about it, and Alan's just like, well, there should be a dress code. I'm like, who the fuck are you to tell a woman how to dress, number one? But number two, they should at least have some common sense and a little bit of common decency, not to, like, cover up and be Amish, but just to know their audience. Like, if I know that 12-year-olds are watching me, I'm not going to be showing my ass to the camera, you know, like, this isn't, what is that porn site, Brazers? Like, this isn't Brazers. Like, these are 12-year-olds watching you, and they idolize you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I told him. I said, you know, why, why doesn't Twitch have, like, a, you know, like, 18 and up channel, right? Like, you have to go through age verification process. And then you can you can go to these other streamers for yeah. more adult content if that's what you want to watch. Like no one's judging you if you're watching these women because you know or men rather because there's men who do it too, mm-hmm. mostly women. No one's judging you for that. But when you have platforms like YouTube that just can't moderate that, like you can't they can't control that. It's it's been proven time and time and again that they can't do that. The kids, my nieces. They came across a YouTube video of Sonic Erotica when they were seven. They found it easily, but just by typing in Sonic videos and clicking view next, view next, view next. I just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as Alan, it was you having a son coming up and you know what it was to be mm-hmm. a you know, a teenager for the first time. And how much easier it is these days. Yeah, imagine how much easier it is easier. than we I had it. After you know? Channel 99, waiting for fuzzy boobs to come on. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to wait till mom and dad leave hey, hey, so hey, you hey, can go tie up the that. phone line. We don't talk about dial <laughs> of days, but I mean... The- <laughs> is this... Is this a conversation you're yeah, trying absolutely. to get open yeah, with him? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've told him that he can talk to us about anything, anything that he finds. But I do set limitations. 
like he's not allowed to use YouTube by himself. And I don't trust YouTube kids because of the shit that that um our that nieces, niece, that our nieces went through. Yeah. No, I don't trust that stuff. But like, you no. know, going back to like Twitch users, like if there's a channel, like think about like how successful porn organizations are. Like mm-hmm. YouPorn or Pornhub or whatever the whatever they are. Red tube. Yeah. Are they the same? Or, I don't know. They're, they're all, all they the same organization. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, they, yeah, they, you know, they they're all the same people. An audience, right? Well, why doesn't Twitch have the same thing where they put these people who want to be a little bit more suggestive or flat out suggestive and have it be an age verification process? And then Alan kept going back and forth with me because he's like, no, that's not right. They shouldn't do this. And I'm like, but how can you control what a person wears and what they do? Like, if I'm wearing a spaghetti strap, is that too much because I'm bustier than a girl who's flat? Like you, this isn't high school. I hate I hated dress codes. Like you're mm-hmm. sexualizing young girls, but at the same time, like have common sense. You wouldn't go to work in a mesh top. I don't know. Maybe that's the boomer side of me. No, 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 no. Well, is that doesn't so, Mixer have the yeah, eighteen so and Mixer up channel? Does have yeah, that. Mixer has Twitch something is like a little that. bad about it. They don't necessarily go through it, but Mixer actually does have a dress policy, and they have the ability for you to mark exactly what kind of content you're releasing on your channel. So it's it's not so much eighteen plus, but it's more like family friendly, a little moderate with a little bit of cussing, Explicit. and then. And then explicit where it's like 18 plus because the content of the video game that you're streaming is not suited for young adults or or young kids, mind you, and language is excessive. Uh, So like the video game ratings. I made sure. Okay. I was going to say, I made Mm -hmm. sure for my channel to make sure that I was explicit or 18 plus because I do tend to curse a lot. And so I wouldn't want. Anybody who's kids that isn't around cussing on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I get you. To listen to that. <laughs> but I don't even have a video up, so. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. And I think that we're at the point now where we do, we're all just kind of in limbo. Like, we're kind of, like, waiting for somebody to step up. But we can all step up to a sense. Like, step mm-hmm. up for your right. Yeah. Step up for your community. Vote in your local elections. Like, this is our call to action. Like, make sure that you're doing your part. Because it does matter. And at the end of the day, you can't bitch about shit if you don't vote. Yeah. Well, that wraps up another great episode. Thanks for joining us. Find our memes and other great content on Twitter and Instagram at OG underscore the naked pod. Run over to our website, officialmillennials.com, and you'll find our wonderful blog, some notes here and there from others, and a link to our Patreon, where for $1 you become a patron. What do we get out of the $1 patron? All of Alan's love and respect. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And a handwritten as... note. No, no handwritten note. My handwriting shitty. While you're on the internet, definitely hop over to our Twitch and Mixer channels. On Twitch, we're official millennials. On Mixer, we're official mills. We will be trying to do some streaming this summer, so definitely check that out. Maybe we'll have a live show. And I will be doing streaming Mondays and Thursdays over at uh, Mixer. Mixer and Twitch. My handle is PeachZ90. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find all of our episodes with a little extra fun mixed in. Thanks for listening, guys. 
Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, we love you. This, this is an official Millennials, millennials production. production.